we had a um, we had a series a while back, months ago, about uh, the Word of the Lord, about the Word of God, and uh, we we had a series about living by faith. And through that, through those times, one of the points that we made was that um, Jesus said, "Man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God." Now, we have fancy names for that in this day and age, like we have a prophetic culture, we are a prophetic people. But all those things really just mean that we are following God and what he's currently saying. Amen? Setting some foundation here. And so so over the past months and over the past year, there have been repeated prophetic words who have come who have come through different people, but has been the same type of things. God has said, and it's just funny how when God says things to you to us, it might be like, oh, he's stating the obvious, right? Oh, it's a new season. But how many know when God says it's a new season, then there's something to take note of? Well, we know it's a new season, right? There's all kinds of transition, all this stuff. But yet God says it's a new season. What that does for me is that gives me a vision and a purpose for the season I'm in. It makes my ears perk up and my heart attentive towards God and say, oh, it's a new season. You're saying it's a new season. What are you doing, God, in this season? And then the Lord has spoken. I'm doing a little review here. And the Lord has spoken to us along the way about um, we, we we had a tongues and interpretation Oh, geez, I don't know, 10 months ago about um, about God had opened a new door. Right. And uh, and and Buck actually had the the um, interpretation. Thanks, Dave, uh, for that word. And um, and and it was basically like, hey, God was saying, hey, come on in. Do you, you, know, you want to look or do you want to come on in? I'm paraphrasing. And. Um, and we've had the same word. Reuben brought, had a word from the Lord months later. It was almost the same. And so this is one of the things that I look for in my personal life and in our corporate setting for what is God doing among us and what is he doing now. I look for the threat. I look for the things he repeats, for the confirmations, for, for the different ways he speaks and confirms the same thing. Right? And... Um, and so we know that. Remember, we all got new shoes a while back. New shoes for a new walk, a new season. And let's read this verse. And maybe you've heard this verse a thousand times, but I believe it is for us today. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Um, and it says, uh, Do not remember the past. I'm actually going to, I have it written here, but I'd rather just read it right out of the page. Um, 43, here we go. Do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to things of old. Look, I'm about to do something new. Even now, it is coming. Do you not see it? Some of your Bible says perceive it. I like it. It means the same thing, but it has more of a depth, doesn't it? Perceive. See it. Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers 
in the desert. I'm going to read this now. I was going to do this later. We're going to read the next two verses. And this is prophetic for us. The animals of the field will honor me. Jackals and ostriches. Because I provide water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. The people I formed for myself will declare my praise. How many know God is still forming people for himself? How many know there are many people in our community who are destined to sit among us here and take their place as a part of the body of Christ? They belong here. They belong here. God is still forming people. And, and uh, one of the words that we're carrying around is um, that Denise had a vision. And, uh, and you can, if I don't get this right, Denise, you can just stand right up, shout it out. But, um, but she saw snow falling in the front of our sanctuary, in front of our building here. And all these animals started to come. And as they passed through the snow, they became people. Did you have that vision? They became people and they came in. Now, if you have any kind of, like, if, if your spirit is alive in God, then it's pretty easy to pick up on what that's about. That is about new creation. How many know that, that the carnal lifestyle is close to the animalistic way of living? It's all about cravings and instincts of a fallen nature. But that, but that God, God's desire here in this place is to bring people in and that they would come through this, this snow, this white, the, the pure white, the, you know, that they would, right? He says, he said, come, even if your sins are like scarlet, you will be made white as snow. So snow in the scripture speaks of the righteousness and the purity of God, and not only not as a static uh, attribute, but as a power to make us clean and to transform us into new creation. And how many know that as we build, as we build as a body, we may build with you and me, but you know we're building for them. Like we're building, for, we're building for Him ultimately, because He loves us and He desires them. And, and it's called the Great Commission. And, um, and so a new thing, right? Um, and so do not remember the past events. Now, this doesn't mean uh, forget all the testimonies in your life. Don't remember the amazing things God has done in your life. Of course not. Those are memorial stones. Those are things that we do remember, that we do cherish, that we hold in our hearts but not so that we can sit back on a bench and say, remember when God used to do stuff in my life. But, but more so as a remembrance that our God, our God of power, who did those things is active today and he's doing new things. Right. The fact is, God never has ever stopped moving. You can imagine this God of life. He, he can't. He can't be stagnant because he actually is the very essence of life and power and glory and light. I mean, yes. 
I mean, it's incredible. When you get, when you read, like, in Revelation or any place where heaven opens up, Isaiah 6, you know, different things, things that Daniel saw. When you get into the Spirit, you're like, stuff's happening, man. There's, there's a light show and there's like a, right? And uh, God's got a throne of, that flies around with wheels and angels on it. And it's like, it's, it's bizarre stuff. God will make you downright uncomfortable if you, if you get right into his glorious presence. And um, we're moving on. And so, uh, <laughs> are you guys with me? And um, so, uh, and it says, I'm about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Right? Actually, that word, the word there um, is see it or perceive this gets exciting, okay? It's actually the Hebrew word yada, which is one of my favorite Hebrew words because it's what God wants you and me to experience with Him. And it is a knowing by experience. But let me read to you, if you do a little word study, about what this means just a little bit from, you could say, the Hebrew mindset. But ultimately, if you understand that God chose the Hebrew people to begin to just put himself on display on the earth. Okay. And so yada means to know. Listen to the variations. To know or learn to know. That reminds me of Moses. Teach me your ways so that I can know you. I want to learn to know you. What's amazing about this is that the more you step into it, the more it compounds and picks up momentum. And the rate at which you're able to know and experience God increases as you walk with Him. Okay. It's actually a kingdom principle. It says, and there will be no end of the increase of His government or peace. No end of His government or peace? No, no end of the increase. So, if the increase continues to increase, think about that. So to know, to learn to know, to perceive, to perceive and see, find out and discern, to distinguish, to know by experience, to recognize, to admit it. I like this. I like this. He's like, I'm doing a new thing. Will you admit it to me? (laughs) I like that. I'll admit that to you, God. Uh, Acknowledge, confess, to consider, to know, to be acquainted with. Amen. And so, if you haven't grabbed a hold of, of that vision that... How many had heard that vision that Denise had before? How many had never heard it before? Please raise your hand one way or the other. Okay, look, that's amazing. So we just... That's important for us to know because that is a word that you and I are carrying. Amen. So thank you, God. All right, I'm going to read from uh, Luke 9 now, just 57 and 58. So we're talking about this new thing. How many know if God's doing a new thing, we want to do it with him? Right? I mean, none of us would really truly say, if we were absolutely convinced, right, we love the Lord. I mean, none of us would really truly say, if the Lord himself came to, to, to you or I, and he said, 
and he just revealed it to us. However you would be so convinced, whether he catches you up into heaven, whether he unfolds a movie screen before your eyes, gives you some dramatic experience, and he says, this is what I'm doing. None of us, I don't think, would go, I'm good. I don't don't really want that. Right? It's absurd. And so, so we all want what he's doing. But a journey, let's read this, Luke 9, 57, 58. As they were traveling on the road, I love Jesus. Someone said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus told him, I love this. The Lord's like, I'll follow you wherever you go. And he's like, okay. You're welcome to. I just need to give you a glimpse of what that might look like. You know, it looks like you don't know what it looks like. That's, that's what he's actually telling him. And he says, so Jesus told him, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus told him, foxes have holes or dens and birds of the skies, the birds of the sky have nests. But the son of man has no place to lay his head. And then he said to another, follow me. I'll follow you wherever you go. Okay. But foxes have a place. Birds have a place. I don't even have one place that I lay my head consistently. He was preparing him. He's, he, he was preparing them for, if you follow me, the things that you may get comfort from in your life now, you won't have. But you will have me. You will have me. You'll be with me. It it won't be boring. It won't be boring. You know, I mean, you're not going to go hungry. I I know how to multiply food. Have you ever seen that? You're not going to be hungry. Like, uh, you know, I mean, if we need taxes, we can get it out of fish's mouth. If, If there's blind people, we can spit in the mud and rub it in their eyes and they can get healed. The lepers are getting cleansed. I mean, sometimes I'll just start talking on a hillside and like five to ten thousand people just might gather. You know, it's like walking with Jesus is not boring. But it's not comfortable either. Right. And 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 that's why we're given a comforter. Think about it. The Lord's like, I'm going to ask the father, you're going to need this comforter. If you follow me. If you follow me, what you're saying is the things that you we try, don't we all? Don't you? Have you ever been? I have. Have you ever been frustrated and you just realize that the reason you're frustrated is because I'm trying to line up everything the way I want it in my life. And I get it pretty close. But then there's this little detail and that little thing. And you're always thinking. It's like you're always thinking almost there, almost there, almost. I almost have everything perfect. But nothing in this world or this life can be trusted in to that degree. Everything is always changing. And the thing is, is that we it's often because instead of just acknowledging that we're actually on a journey. We're trying to dig deep and build a foundation. And do you know what I'm saying? We're on a journey. It's exciting to me. But you know, the difference 
between exciting and and uncomfortable is whether or not I have uh, surrendered trust. You guys are tracking. I was going to say embrace the journey. You know, like if I if I don't want to go, everything about every journey is so miserable. You know what I'm saying? You ever had to drive somewhere you didn't want to drive to? Like and you just didn't you just didn't surrender to it, you just didn't accept that this is actually what needs to happen and you're like, ah, oh, uh, uh, everything's so frustrating. Everything. You know, it's uncomfortable. This car's uncomfortable. This road's too windy. You know, I mean, you can just get so, you know what I mean? I mean, not you guys. Nope, not you guys. You never get frustrated like that. But but some people do. And, um, and you know, maybe me. But, um, but, but like, for instance, if you're going to go to Disneyland, right? You're going to hit the road. You're going to drive there. Or maybe you're going to fly there. Whatever it is, like... You're not going like, uh, oh man, I gotta pack my suitcase and then we're gonna have to travel. No, like if you wanna go, let's say, let's just assume you wanted to go to Disneyland. Then, like, or pick somewhere you wanna go. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I'm going snowboarding with my friends, it's amazing. Night before, man, I'm like laying out my board and my boots. And my bag, and I'm getting my snacks ready. And then I'm like, bam, 4 a.m., I'm up. Yes, drinking my tea. You know what I mean? And we're like, I'm like looking out the window. Is my friend here yet? Oh, man. You know, like, you know, there's there's not one bit. But you know what? If you got to get up, I mean, you, you got to get up for something you don't want to get up for. Your alarm goes off at 4. You're like, oh. Do you see the difference? A journey, nobody goes on an expedition for the comfort of it. They go on it for the exploration, for the reward, for the experience, for the excitement, for what is ahead. The Bible says that Jesus went on a really rough journey for the joy set before him. For the joy set before him, he... He endured the cross and despised the shame. And we say it like this, that vision gives pain a purpose. You know, when you lose vision for where you're going in your life, then every bump is like such a bummer. But when, you, when you're fired up with your vision and, and you're like, Lord, I know what we're doing. You're doing a new thing. Oh, you're, oh, you're revealing your heart. For this community to me. Oh, that's what we're doing. And you know what happens then? You're like, there's little bumps in the road that you didn't even notice. Boom. They're like, do you feel that? Feel what? Look what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? And so what it comes down to is a heart position and a mindset. And God gives grace for that. not a long message this morning, but I do believe it's a word for us. Let me make some declarations here. Here's one. I believe the Lord is saying, I heard this phrase this week, 
And it just stuck with me. I went, oh, the Lord's on that for us at Mountain Chapel. It says, there's a move of the Spirit in the place of community. I feel like the Lord was speaking to me about some keys for us. Some of them He's been speaking in our in our gatherings. I want to remind us, and, and, and there's a couple others to add. What's important for you and me if we're going to go on a journey? Well, one, this may seem obvious, but it's important we go together. It's important that we go together. Get on the bus. Hop on the bus. God's on the move. It's an old vineyard song. Um, so, what happens if I'm in, if the Lord is saying, follow me? Think about the things that, that Jesus said to those. He goes, follow me. Right? Remember the, remember the one who heard it and he said, hey, okay, Lord, first let me go bury my father. I always thought, Anybody know who Daniel Kalinda is? Yeah, Daniel Kalinda. Look him up. Amazing. Uh, just so many, so many souls being one to that ministry. I always thought, man, Jesus is serious. Jesus is serious business. But, but I thought, man, can't bury your father. But that's understandable, Lord. We're going to love you more than anybody else. That makes sense. But he preached a message and it just it clicked for me. He said he was asking the Lord about it one day, and the Lord said, uh, who said that his father was dead already? And I went, oh, my goodness. So it's actually likely that that guy was like, I'll follow you, Lord. Let me go back and let me live out my day, my uh, some years until my father passes, and then I can bury him. And then after a while, when it's comfortable for me, then I'll come follow you. But by that time, you won't know where he's at, you know. And, um, you know, another. And what does he say another time? He says, no one after putting their hand to the plow and looks back. So the Lord is looking for those who will partner with him, put their hand to the plow, not look back. Here's some other keys on a new journey. Remember the eagle and the fox. Fenton saw the eagle and the fox. So powerful. Which I always think wildlife for me is like kisses from God. When I, it is, it's just me. Like, oh man, I've had some cool, fun experiences. I look forward to more. And, uh, and for me, when I get to see that kind of stuff, I'm like, oh Lord, I just love you. I love seeing God in his creation. And, um, but God speaks through it often. And, and Fenton's just driving along and he sees right in front of him this Right? The fox in the road, this eagle comes down. I didn't even know an eagle would go after a fox. Those things are amazing. And, um, and he was trying to get it off the road. And, and then there was a word about, um, you know, that fox was a good thing. It was a good meal. But if that eagle wanted to fly higher, if he wanted to, to soar, he, was, he had to make a choice. Whether he's going to hold that fox or let it go. It says, you know, the Bible talks about the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vine. And um, what are some of those things? Some of those foxes are offense. 
Like if I have a fence in my life, do you know you know I have a core value about a fence? I've been offended. I've been offended and, and I'm not even immune to it. I, I like to, I, I, for the most part, have a core value to live unoffendable. But here's the thing. Sometimes things offend you. And what I know about me is if I have an offense, because this is what the Bible teaches, that if I have an offense, I have a problem. If I'm offended at Annie, because something Annie did, Annie may have done something that offended me, but my offense is not Annie's problem. Do you know, she could have done something that offended me, and she's going along about her happy day and just having a wonderful time with the Lord. But it's me that's over here grumbling. Annie, Annie, you know, I'm so mad. I can't believe she looked at me that way. You know, and then I go up to Annie and go, why'd you look at me that way, Annie? And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I was looking over your head at that. It, that stuff happens sometimes. You know, I walked in, so-and-so gave me a funny look. And you're like, maybe they were tired. They didn't even see you. But, but maybe it was real. Maybe it was real. And I'm like, I'm offended. But you know what happens if I don't take care of my offense? It turns to bitterness. Do you know what the Bible says bitterness does? It ruins everything. If I'm bitter against Brian, here's the bummer thing about bitterness. If I'm bitter against Brian, it just poisons the water. Like, like I can't just, I can't focus my bitterness just to Brian. Because once it turns to bitterness, it's, it's coming out on everybody. It's coming out on my wife. It's coming out to my kids. It's coming out, you know what I mean? And and the next thing you know, I'm making a comment, and I don't even realize how this thing is affecting me. It talks about the root of bitterness. It just, just it ruins everything. So what I know about offense is that, because offense ultimately is some level of unforgiveness. And, and there's just no place in the kingdom for unforgiveness. There's no place for me to hold unforgiveness in my heart. So what I know is that if I'm offended, I've, it is up to me... You know, like, if I'm offended all the time, you, I can call it whatever I want. I can call it righteous indignation. I can spiritualize it. Well, it's just because uh, Jesus kicked over the tables. I'm like, I don't know if any of us in here are as pure enough, are pure enough to say, we're ready to make a whip and kick over some tables. I'm like, I trust Jesus kicking over tables. I don't know if I really get to kick over tables. And I know that we have the mind of Christ and all that. But I'm just saying, it does, it does kind of pan out at some point. Like, well, Jesus did it. And you're like, yeah, he was perfect. Um, okay, too long on that one. Well, not, it was just long enough, actually. Um, old mindsets. Whatever it may be, right? And here's another key. And it has to do with offense. You know what? If I get offended, then what I want to do is I want to draw closer. What I'm tempted to do if I'm offended at Shelley is to back away from a safe distance from which, not too far, so I can still throw rocks. But, but... You know what I mean? And, and but what, what, what's, what's hard to do, what I want to do, what I need to do, is draw close. 
and say, Shelly, when you said that, I felt like this. And now I'm giving Shelly a chance to respond to me and say, Brandon, I'm so sorry. I certainly didn't mean it that way. Or I was mad. Okay, let's talk about it. But when we commit to come together, what we do is that we do not give the enemy, the divider, a foothold. And it is key. God's been speaking to us about communion and unity the past few weeks. And I think overall, as we walk with the Lord in a new season, some of it is just saying, getting up and saying, Lord, if you're calling me again on a new adventure, in a new leg of the race, in a new journey, I do have testimonies. I do have history. But what are you doing today? And in the church today, we are in such a a key season in the global church. There is such a shift happening across the globe that... God is moving and the seasons are shifting and God is building on what? On the foundations that he's already laid. You know what happens? God never changes, but expressions can change all the time. Does that make sense? Would you stand with me? I just thought that was powerful that we all took hands, that we all took a step forward this morning. That the love of God came and eroded the mortar of our towers and they floated away like bubbles. (laughs) As Shanna said, you know, release that word. You know what I love about that? When you start hearing God in that way, you realize how easy it is. Because, man, when we get into our tower, I've been in a tower. And when, you, when you're in your tower, you can just feel so locked in that tower. You know, like, oh, I'm right, or I, or I wish I wasn't in this tower, and I don't know how to get out now. You know, but then you just realize, it's so easy, actually. The love of God comes, dissolves it. It's kind of like one big step, just one step of surrender.